Praise God. What a wonderful time this morning, again, to come together in the house of the Lord, to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I greet you once again in the precious name of Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Praise God. <clears throat> Today I'd like to have you turn with me to Genesis chapter 50, the last chapter of the book of Genesis. I want to talk about forgiveness today. <clears throat> Praise God that He has forgiven us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this day once again that we can come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us already with your presence, your power, just your anointing. And Lord, today we pray you would continue to be with us as we go on with this service. Father, I pray that you would be with your people wherever they're at. And Lord, I pray that you keep us safe, protect us, Lord, and keep us in your care throughout this time, throughout this day. And Lord, that your people would be encouraged once again. Lord, to be reminded that you are, you are the God of all gods. You're the most holy God, the most high God. You're the God that created us, that created heaven and earth. So Lord, we thank you today for being with us. We ask, Lord God, you direct us now, Lord. Anoint my lips and my heart and my mind. And Father, I pray that the ears would be unstopped, would be anointed, the hearts would be prepared. And Lord, today, once again, that this would be a great blessing that we would hear from the throne room of God. Lord, your blessings and your power would be within us, around us. And Lord, that you would help us to see us the way you see our hearts and our lives. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So this morning I want to read from Genesis chapter 50 and verse 14 to 21. And I'm going to read it to you in the NLT this morning. <clears throat> Example of, it's the last part of, of the story of Joseph. And has, it's a very familiar, I would think anyway, for most of us of what, how Joseph, uh, what he went through in his life. So we want to talk about that a little bit this morning. In Genesis chapter 50, in verse 14, he said, After burying Jacob, that's his dad, his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was, that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. This is what they sent to him. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. For their sin entreated you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. I can only imagine how Joseph felt. <clears throat> then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. 
No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. What a wonderful testimony this morning as we think about forgiveness. There's a lot of examples in the Word of God. Obviously, number one is Jesus Christ himself. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he was thinking of you, he's thinking of me. And he already prepared the way. It's like he forgave us before we were born. What he did, he prepared for that. He prepared, he went to the cross, he gave his life so that you and I can receive that forgiveness when we surrender. And that is what Joseph here this morning, if we think about just this little bit, there's so much we could read about Joseph. I think it's probably from chapter 37 on to 50. There's so much about Joseph's life, and if you'd like to read that, start reading about in there, around 37, and read all the way through, and, and you'll see what I'm saying, that it is, it's very important that we understand the forgiveness is so important in this life. Forgiveness is a key to your destiny. Forgiveness is a key to your freedom. It really is. Forgiveness is a key to your fullness of life. Because look at Joseph here. We see that example that Joseph, what he went through. Joseph would have had all the reasons we could think in this world to hold grudges against them. And I couldn't help but, but think of, of some of the things that some of us went through in life. We would have maybe reasons and, and purpose of, of why we shouldn't and don't have to forgive somebody. But that is not how it works in the perspective of walking with Jesus. And that is what's going on here with Joseph. If we look back where it started, Joseph had a, had a robe of many colors that his father gave to him. And, and there was a lot of jealousy involved in the family. And what did the brothers do? They threw him in a, I call it a dry well. They threw him in a pit. And they even talked about killing him. Did you catch why the reason was? Jealousy. Be real careful. Jealousy is the shortest route to hate. We had a sermon on that some time ago. I remember just now. But you think about jealousy, you would think, well, that's it's kind of normal. You know, we might think, well, jealousy is something that everybody deals with. Not necessarily. If you have jealousy, you need to deal with it. You should deal with it. But this is what Joseph did. He was thrown in that pit. And then he ended up being sold to the Egyptians. And then he, he had all kinds of problems along the way. And I look at, when I look at Joseph's life, I kind of, I see the picture of a Christian's life. That's what I see. And, and I'm sure you can relate to that. You can relate to that as how Joseph went through those hard times. Sold as a slave. And then what did Potiphar's wife, what did she do? Tried to seduce him. Then false accusations came. Then he ended up in prison. I mean, the list kind of goes on. This is just in short. But that was Joseph's life. 
Look at the, look at the, the woman that tried to seduce him. She, she tried to get him to sleep with her. She tried to get him to do those evil things with her. And so then what? She grabbed for his coat, and what did he do? He let the coat go and ran. Then she turned around with that and said, Look, this is Joseph's coat. Look what he did to me. That's the work of the devil. You, we all know how that is to a certain extent. But look at that. So Joseph flee. He did all in his power to stay away, to get away, to stay clear and clean with, with God. But yet, he ended up in prison. See that? Because of false accusations to all those things, Joseph had so many reasons to choose to not to forgive. But Joseph chose to forgive. Today, brothers and sisters, choose to forgive those that have hurt you. Choose to forgive those that have wronged you. Those that were mean to you. Maybe when you were a child, a little child, or maybe even now, whenever it is. It's so important that you and I come to realize you're not doing them a favor when you forgive them. You're doing yourself one. Forgiveness is a key to your destiny. Because the Bible talks clearly about if we don't forgive our debtors, even Jesus talked about that, I think it was in his prayer, if I remember right. But I want to turn to Mark chapter 11. Jesus talked about it there as well. You know, if we think about how Jesus left this great example of forgiving, even though you and I didn't deserve it, while we were still wandering around in the wilderness, while you and I were still living in sin, while you and I were not even, when I wasn't even interested in Jesus Christ, he's still already loving me, and he already had made a way, he already paid the price, he already died for me, and I'm just acting like there is no Jesus. But he still loves me, and that's how he does today, the very same way. The very same way today. Gee, God never changed. He said he's the same yesterday and today and forever. In, in Hebrews, he talks about that. Uh, in Mark chapter 11, I want to read a, just a couple verses there. Look what he said in verse 25 and 26. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But, in verse 26, he said, if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Did you notice I didn't read that in the NLT? How many of you know why? That's exactly right. Verse 26 is not in the NLT. It's not there. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a very important verse. Why would we take that out? Why would we leave that out? What's the purpose? But if ye do not forgive, so remember, listen, behind the but, they're actually missing. If we build on verse 25, we're, all, we're missing 26. We're missing that. He said, if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. 
brothers and sisters, we, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, forgive. He said, if you're not able to forgive, well, doesn't that sound kind of harsh? That if we're not able to forgive, he wouldn't, he wouldn't forgive us. Remember, the Spirit of God gives you and I the strength and the courage and the boldness and the power to forgive. It's not by our own strength. It's through His strength, His glory, His power that He has within us, that He bestowed upon us. That is where it comes from, through the power of God. Joseph here, when, when he chose to forgive, look what happened. I go back to, to Genesis. Look what he said. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I am. He said, for am I in the place of God? He asked them, so am I God that you're concerned about me? You know what I think sometimes? People act like they are God. <laughs> but they're not. Even if somebody worships them as God or honors them as God, they're still not the holy God. They're not the just God. They're not the righteous God. They're just a little G God for somebody. That doesn't mean, it doesn't even mean anything. Look what they said. They pleaded with him. They said, so they sent this message. Be, before your father died. This is an amazing little part for all of us fathers. Look at that. He said he instructed us to say, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. For their sin in treating you so cruelly, so we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. And what happened? Joseph could have got up and said, you know what? I'll get even with you now. Now is my time. But you know what he said? Now is my time. What did he say? He broke down and wept. That's the Christian's heart right there. The Christian's heart. The Spirit of God, that's what he does. That's what he does. He breaks down and he weeps and he said, I will forgive you. See, then his brothers came and, and, and they, they threw themselves down before him and said, oh, look, we're your slaves. You know why they said that? They sold Joseph as a slave many years ago. Look at that. Joseph, he was, he was thrown out. When I, when I think of, when I read this story, I can't think, I can't help but think of some, obviously I didn't suffer what they did, what he did. But I can't help but think, how would it have been if my father, earthly father, if my dad would have done something like that? If he would encourage them, if he would have wrote a letter and said, you know, children, and he had something in there, and he would have said, remember, your brother is not lost. Ask him for your forgiveness for holding him away at arm's length for all these years or whatever he might write. I can't help but think of that. I may have not been thrown in a pit. I may not have been sold as a slave. I may not have ended up in prison. The thing they don't realize is I was in prison. Jesus delivered me out of that prison just like he delivered Joseph. The very same thing. I was in prison with all those rules and doctrines of men. Control of men. Glory to God. Today I'm controlled by the Spirit of God. I give him praise for that. Thank God for that. The story of Joseph is totally amazing story. 
And there's so many of them in the Word of God. And when I say a story, I, I mean has something that is real. It's a, it's a testimony is what it is. Because sometimes people say you shouldn't call it a story. Well, it's something. It's something that speaks to my life. It's something that holds me up in the times when maybe I feel like there's nothing else left. But Joseph replied, he said, don't be afraid. He said, I'm not God. That's what he's basically saying. He said, I'm not God. I have no intentions to harm you. He said, you intended to harm me. See that? But God intended it all for good. Isn't that something? Can you and I stand in the time when people falsely accuse us? I was just again reminded the other day. There was some ex-Amish that are born again at our house the other morning. And they were sharing some things. And one of them came from the old place, old community where, where we got married, my wife and I. And something she said how the people talked about us when we moved out of that community, I was like, oh, my God, have mercy. She said, I really wondered who these John Kaufmans are because the way they talk was just awful. <laughs> but remember, they are this, they call themselves the Christian people. They're not. You're not a Christian unless you're born again. I don't care what sect of people you are, what traditions and doctrines of men you're following. If you're not born again Christian, you're not a Christian. You're making a mockery out of God. Jesus Christ, he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, what did he say? He said, there is. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. And he said, no one comes to the Father but by me. That's one way street to heaven. And that's through Jesus. It's not through some religious system. It's not through some Amish. It's not through some Mennonite. It's not through some Baptist. It's not through some charity. It's not through some Pentecostal. It's through Jesus Christ. It's about Christ. Jesus Christ, he's the Savior of the world. It's not some other man that came along and he saved us. No, he didn't. It's about Jesus. He forgave us. Do you remember today how, it, how good and comforting, how much, how much that was healing to your soul when Jesus came and forgave you for all that sin? Do you remember that? Or have you already forgotten your back, back living in sin? Remember, forgiveness is a key to your destiny. It'll make a difference. We just read that. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven, and so then you're going to go to hell. See, it makes a difference in the destiny. So if you forgive, there you go. There you go. Like Joseph did. He forgave them. He said, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you, children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Is that what you and I do? We forgive somebody. You forgive those that have hurt you. You forgive those that have wronged you. Let's go, to, let's go to Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son. Remember the, the prodigal son has he asked the father for his portion and away he goes. In Luke chapter 15, we'll read from 10. 
This morning, I'm thankful for the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the saints of God, for the love of God. I'm thankful for those that are willing to forgive. And I'm thankful for God, for Jesus Christ to come in my heart and give me that strength and ability to forgive. Something that, will, that can, it can actually affect us in health-wise when we don't forgive. It's become so, it becomes such an infection-like in our mind and in our hearts and our lives. And when we just hold grudges, it's so painful. He said in verse 10 of Luke chapter 15, Likewise I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Did you know it would change that whole thing if that, those last two words weren't there? If it would just say of God over one sinner, he said, that repenteth. And the reason I bring that up, brothers and sisters, there's so many times in life that if you and I leave out one thing, it can change the whole picture and it can actually make things that are supposedly right wrong because we haven't completed it. We haven't went the full way. We haven't put our faith into it. We have believed in something else. And in verse 11, he said, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wandered his substance, uh, wasted, I'm sorry, wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all there, Look what he said. When he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Remember what we read in Psalms 33 this morning? Uh-huh. God said he is there with his people in the time of famine. He provides for them. Look, the problem here, he was not honoring God. Remember, sometimes we think the wicked, the heathens are in charge of everything in this world. Just remember, their day is coming very much. Look, this young man, he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. All right, he went to work. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Does it sound like this man made a wise choice, or does it sound like he kind of, he really chose some bad, he made some bad decisions? Yeah. Young people, are you listening? And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. He's looking at his life, and he's like, Wait a minute. Look at my father's place. He had so much. He got so many people working for him. And here I am, out with the pigs, joining them with the hus. Hmm. Look what he said in 18. He said, and I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, listen now, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. Hmm. And he arose and came to his father. 
But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had, a compassion, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Have you seen something there? In verse 18, he said, I will arise and go to my father. I will say unto him, I have sinned against heaven. He said against heaven. He realized that. And before thee, and then he goes on to say, you know, I'm not even going to ask him to be his son. If I could just be one of his servants. What do you see there? I see a repentant heart. I see a repentant heart. We see something here that we don't want to miss out on. A repentant heart is something that God can work with. A repentant heart is a heart that had been hard. And all at once it's having a change of condition. It's realizing their own situation. There's trouble. I thought I really knew, but I made a bad decision. And see what this young man, instead of going on and just pushing and plowing his way through and saying, it's this guy's fault, it's that man's fault, blaming everyone else, shifting the blame and everything else, he took it upon himself. And he said, let me go home. He said, let, I won't even ask to be my, my father's son, but if I, I'll just ask to see I could be a servant. I could work for him. That's all he was. He would be happy with that. He didn't know how, what he's going to find because he realized he really wronged. Remember now, there's situations among us sometimes that I think of this. That is why I'm very, very slow, brothers and sisters, to jump on the bandwagon with these divorce cases. And those that are called the real Christian, the way they treat their, their ex or their spouse when they're going through divorce, I'm going to tell you something. You check your heart. I'm very slow getting on bandwagons like that. Many times, those that say they're the Christian, they're the real one. The other one is the one that failed. The other one is the one that really put it off. The other one is the one that lived with another woman. The other one is that ran there and ran over there. Now what happens? Now you're the righteous one, right? But now so many of your fruits are just like the devil's his own fruits. Be careful with it. God hates that same sin as he hates the other sin. There's no difference in God's eyes. It's sin. It's called sin. Because we see what happened here. We need to be real careful with those things. We still need to love the people. Many times sin and unforgiveness splits families. It divides. It cuts off relationships. It causes so much grief and pain, unforgiveness. I haven't seen yet where forgiveness caused any pain in relationships. It's usually it brings harmony, brings peace and joy, love. The list goes on. He admitted that he has sinned. See that? He has sinned. And he said, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. And then he arose. He said, well, let, let, let's, let's go and live it out now. See, it's one thing to admit in our hearts, and it's another thing to, okay, I'll go and share with him. So he comes home. He said, I'll go home. 
And let's see how, let, let's see if, if my father would take me, and let, let me be his servant, let me work for him and be there for him. And, and he said, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And what happened? He had compassion. He didn't slowly start going out there. Boy, I wonder what's, you know, I'm going to have to really tell him. If he thinks he's going to come home, I'm going to tell him. There's some straightening out to do. I don't even think the father thought of that. You know what I see here, what the father did? That's what Jesus did for me. When he's seen, when he's seen that you and I, we have a repentant heart and we're crying out to him, Jesus, if you, if you, even if, if I could just be, even if I just be on the edge of your family, if it just as long as something, I don't have anybody special. What's Jesus doing? He's coming with his arms open, wide open. He said, oh, come. And that's what that father, he ran. He ran to meet the son. He ran out there. He didn't wait till he come. And he kissed him. He took him in. And what did the son say? He didn't, he said, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, Father. He said, I have sinned against thee. And he said, I'm no more worthy called to be thy son. And there's, there's so much more there. But look what happened then if he continued to read. Now there was a problem. The father was willing and, and joyful and happy to forgive him and to see the son come back. And now there's another son that isn't too happy about the situation. I would say a little bit jealousy there, I guess. See that? Just remember one thing. Remember one thing. Let's say this aisle here, this is the road to heaven. And there's a ditch on each side. Just because you come out of the left ditch and gets into the right ditch, you haven't gained anything. You're just in a different ditch. The devil is in the same place. He enjoys the ditches. Jesus, he's the one on this road. That's what happens there. When jealousy gets involved, we will do things that we normally wouldn't. That's really what happens. We, we, we get into this, our mind starts uh, turning and, and working in a whole different way because it's, the heart is full of something else. It's envy in there and, and it's just not working the same as it was when there was no jealousy involved. It's kind of the picture here of this brother coming home. I mean, this young man coming home, and the brother, he's out there going about his duties. And then, so the, the father wants to have a party to celebrate. And then he says, oh, you never done anything like that for me. It kind of comes in in rejoicing with those 
The Bible says we should rejoice with those that rejoice, and when they weep, weep with them. So are we, are we rejoicing? Are we happy when we see our brother and sister doing well? Are we right away, the snap of a finger, we're like, I tried that, it never worked. They must have cheated. Something went wrong. I mean, I tried so hard, there's no way. See the difference? It's such a difference. If you're happy for them, be happy for your brothers and sisters in the family of God or, or, or your brothers and sisters in the blood family. Be happy for them when they do well. And when there's something that's sad, weep with them. Encourage them. That's what the Bible tells us to do. When they do you wrong, forgive them. I remember this one time. I remember it like so plain, except I don't... It's something that God does for His people. I truly believe that. So there was something after I got born again that I remembered that, uh, that another man and I had something... We had something going. I, I can't even tell you what it was. I don't remember some disagreement we had, and I felt like I should go back and apologize to him. I felt the Lord wanted me to go. Even though I figured it might be a problem, because the way they look at it is once you're not Amish anymore, there is no forgiveness anymore. That's kind of the bottom line. Anyways, I went to him. I went to him, and I said, I'm sorry. I said, please forgive me. And without almost thinking, he said, I won't forgive you. And right away, I just kind of sunk. I'm like, I said, well, I, I'm asking that you would forgive me. He said, I won't forgive you. But you know what I treasure? Wait, I got to finish. So I thought for a little bit, and I said, I guess you get to choose what you want to do. But I said, the Lord Jesus Christ already forgave me. And I said, I'm thankful for that. But something that is very precious to me, today I don't remember the man's name, I don't remember his face, and I don't remember what it was about. Only God can do that. I don't remember. And I thank God. All the thing I remember is I asked for forgiveness, and he said no. And then the Lord reminded me, he already forgave me. So that made me joyful. So we get to choose to forgive. But remember, he said that we should forgive as he has forgiven us. I want to even, maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll go to Psalms 32. There's a few scriptures I wanted to, to read. Psalms 32, we read 33 this morning. But Psalms 32, look what he said. Blessed is he whose his transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not in iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Brothers and sisters, we're blessed. You're blessed this morning when your sin is forgiven. You're blessed. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the draught of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Praise God for that. 
For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from the trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held with a bit and a bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he, did you see that, the B-U-T? But he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Praise God. Praise God. What he's bringing out there, we see that what David is talking about is those that are forgiven are blessed. We're blessed to be forgiven. So when you're blessed to be forgiven, forgive. Even if somebody does not deserve it, forgive them. Forgive them. Let them go. Let God deal with them. Just like Joseph did. He went on his life. And he probably by this time that Joseph was used to the life he had, he might have not even thought that he would ever see this day again. But you know what happens? That made a, a circle. They ended up, they had to come back to their brother to ask for help. See that? Brothers and sisters, there's something that I notice today, something I notice in the times we live in. Christian people value very little sometimes of those that have helped him many, many ways in the past. They don't honor them, no, very little. As a pastor, I see that over and over, reaching out and helping others around outside of the church and that. You help them. You put your whole heart into them. You give them, not just yourself. Things you have, money you have, time you have. You give yourself. You put your all into it. And they're so excited about it. But until they don't need you no more, they're gone. And you don't get one thank you. You don't even get respect. They forget. They forget. And sometimes I say, oh, Lord, just help me to forgive them. Because that's sometimes very painful. I love them just like I did before. But it's hard. That's the, re that's the tough love. I believe that's how God sometimes teaches us what real tough love looks like and what it is. Remember, Jesus knows what tough love is. You and I running around in the wilderness acting like there is no Jesus. And he still loves us. He still loves us. Yeah. But it's important that we remember those that have helped us. I remember years ago this pastor that ministered an awful lot to me. One thing he said, and I've never heard that I remember others even sharing that, but he said one thing. He said, don't forget those, even when you get old, those that have put a lot of time in your life. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus Christ. 
Sometimes I think we kind of treat him that way, isn't it? You know, we get saved, we're all happy, we're rejoicing, we're so excited. Hey, born again, at least I'm going to heaven. Oops, the years get, you know, you get involved and your life changes and even your focus changes and, and some people become more godly and others become less godly. They just kind of drift away and, and now they, they're just right on the edge, but they're still, you know, they're still Christians. That's the same thing, saying like, I know, Lord, we had some good times, but I mean, I have my time now and I'll decide what I want to do. We get to do that. But remember, the day is coming. We, we, can, we can choose, we can live exactly how we want now, but there's a record being kept of all that. You know, if you and I live in sin, if you and I are not interested in the Lord, all those heathens, the people that don't love God, that's all on record. And when that day of judgment comes, it'll all be opened up and they'll see it. They'll see it. And they will be surprised of the things they've said, the things they have done, because they have forgotten it, but there's record in heaven about that. That's one of the books with an S. But I trust that you and I are looking forward to when the book of life is opened. And he calls out Brother John Hauser's name, Brother John Kaufman. He cries out, he calls out, he calls all our names. And we will be like glory to God. We will be so excited. He's not going to turn around and say how bad and evil we were. That's why he came. That's why he redeemed us. It's like we have never done that. Because of his blood that was shed at Calvary. Because of his forgiveness. It's so important that we practice a lifestyle of forgiving. Look what he said in verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule. And I had to think of that. Because the horse and mule, you got to put a bridle on them and, you know, steer them here and there and tell them where to go and everything else. Don't be like the horse. If there's need to forgive, what does he say in Matthew? I think it's in chapter 18 he says. Only forgive seven times. No, he said. Seventy times seven. Well, make sure you count because that's 490 times. That's not what he's saying. What he's bringing out is when somebody comes and asks for forgiveness, forgive them. Even if they don't ask for forgiveness, forgive them. Let, them, let God and them deal with that situation. Forgive them, it'll set you free. It'll make a difference of your destiny. It'll make a difference of your freedom that you have in your life. The fullness that you live in your life. It'll make a difference because you have forgiven them. You know, on the other side of these divorces and situations is this. I cannot imagine what some of you have went through, but it's still your duty to forgive them. See that? Still your duty to forgive them. Let them go. It's painful. But let them go. Just like the woman in adultery in, in John chapter 8. I was going to read that, but uh, you can read it. Remember, those people came and they were saying how they caught her in the act of adultery. They come to Jesus. They were seeing her sin, but they weren't seeing their own. And then what did Jesus do? 
He started writing on the ground and he says, if anybody's here without sin, he said, go ahead and throw the stone. Because in the old law, that's how they were stoned. See, there was no grace. So they were killed if they sinned like that. Hmm. So now what happens? So Jesus starts writing on the ground. He said, if anybody's here without sin, he said, they can throw the first stone. And one by one, they left. Jesus looks up and he said, nobody condemned thee. And she says, the woman says, nobody. Have you ever stopped and thought about if you were there? You know, some is what comes to mind when I see that picture in my mind. I see that picture of how it was done in the Amish church rules. Maybe somebody wanted to get baptized. Maybe there was a young person, they, they wanted to get baptized, but somebody else said, no, you're not getting baptized because you're not right with God. How did they see that heart? They didn't. They didn't see that heart. Yeah, so much false accusations, unforgiveness, see? Unforgiveness, jealousy, all that comes in. It's like politics, kind of the same idea. But this woman said, no one. What did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn thee. I remember the first time I read that and understood that. I wept. I said, wow, that is a Christ. That's the Savior of the world right there. But he didn't stop there. He said, go sin no more. That is for us today. He's a God of a second chance. He's an amazing God. It makes such a difference. When you and I are able to forgive because of what Christ has done for us, when we forgive somebody, we even flourish. We live a full life. They can live a full life. They can live a life of joy and peace and serving the Lord. But when we try to hold each other down, remember that time, I don't remember what the title of the message was, but it was something about, I don't remember. Anyway, I remember the, the point of it. Put crabs in a bucket. You don't need a lid. They're very jealous little creatures. One starts climbing up, the other one will grab and pull them down. One starts climbing, the other one grab and pull them down. It just goes on and on like that. That's why you don't need a lid. There's so many people that don't realize, but they're in that bucket with a few of their friends and keep pulling each one down. They haven't forgiven. Remember, because maybe there's three, four of us. Maybe there's... Maybe there's a little group of people that we agree on this that, like back in the day, there was little groups, just little groups, maybe four people or five people had agreed that Trinity Fellowship is not of God. And so they worked together, worked together, tried to destroy. They would even come and raise havoc and all those kind of things, try to destroy you know why they couldn't destroy us? 
Not because of the powerful people we are. Nothing to do with that. But because of God. The Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ Himself is the one that was protecting us. Why? Because He knew our hearts. He knew all we wanted was Him. We weren't interested in serving and something else and, and being lifted up by people. We weren't interested in that. Many times I prayed, I said, Lord, all I want is you. If God knows your heart, even above what you tell him, he still knows more. He knows what's in there. And we can rely on him. When, there's, when we forgive, when we're willing to forgive those that hurt us, those that try to tear us down, those that try to scatter us around and devour us, doesn't mean it's not always, it doesn't mean it's not painful at times and that it's always easy, but the right thing to do is to forgive them. You know what? 99% of those people, they never came and said they're sorry. They never said nothing. Time goes on. You see them around and really wonder what they're thinking. They probably change, have a great walk with God, never realize what they've done. So how much would it bless me to just hold that grudge against them? Nothing. It would tear me down. That's why Jesus did what he did. He left that example. Forgive them. What did he say? For they don't know what they're doing. See? So be quick to forgive slow to speak, slow to anger, and love God with all you have, with all that's in you. Love one another as Christ has loved us. Can I have an amen? Amen. God bless you.